Hi, this is Serena, and thank you for listening to our Hyphen podcast. Today, we will be hearing a powerful word from our Hyphen conversation at Hyphen Conference 2019. We hope that this short word from our First Lady Youth President, Talitha Rivera, will bless, encourage, and empower you to live for Jesus, no matter what circumstances you may be facing. And so, Sister Rivera, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm calling her Sister Rivera, and it's really weird for me. But Talitha, Talitha. Sister Victoria. No, please don't. Thank you for being here with me. I consider you family. And so I, I guess the first question, I kind of shared a little bit about who you were to me. But why don't you give us a short snapshot of your life? Uh, you know, kind of take us through 30 to 40 seconds about, you know, a snapshot of your life. Okay. Good morning, everybody. I do want to say before I jump start that I love you. And she used to be, we would eat brownies and then she would take me running on like 10 miles. So <laughs> don't let her fool you. It was horrible. Horrible. I'm like, I don't care that I'm going to get married. <laughs> Just let me eat my brownies. But um, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And this is, this is not it. This is not all God has for you, Tori. This is not it. This is the beginning. Isn't she awesome? I mean, have you ever? I walked in last night and I said, is this youth conference or is this, is this a hyphen conference? I'm confused. And wow, so proud of you. Um, a little bit about me right now. Currently, I am a wife. I am a new, I would like to say be, it's going to be about two years in November, pastor's wife. I am a youth president's wife. I am a mother to two crazy girls. I love them, but it's a lot of work. But I am a mother to two crazy girls. And um, I'm also the, the event coordinator at my church, the ladies director at my church. I do all the decorating, the planning. Man, I miss the days where I would just come in and, and just, what, what y'all got going on today? What, what's going to happen? What you got for me? But I am busy, busy, busy. And some, some hobbies um, that I do like to do to kind of get away from it all or to relax, this is going to sound so cliche, girls, but I am a shopper. I do like to go shop. My husband will click off the, the credit card on his phone. He has an automatic thing. He's like, okay, babe, it's off. So if you go and try to swipe it, it's not going to work. So he does have that. But just a Starbucks, and you know, when you have two little girls and they're always pulling on you and you never get a warm meal, and, and they're, you know, and, and it's wonderful, but just I have learned to enjoy really moments alone with myself. And it used to not be that way. I used to always have to have a crowd, let's go, let's, but now it's with, with a crazy house and, you know, ministry can get so busy and life and whatever you have going on. I really enjoy those moments. Um, to myself. So that's something that I am eating brownies, but the double chocolate chip Ghirardelli. Those are my favorite. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I guess the next question, let's just move on. And I think this is the burning question because, you know, I would argue and, you know, anyone take me toe to toe on this, but I think they're the gorgeous, the most gorgeous couple in Pentecost. Let's just say that. And so I know all of you have questions. You have, you have questions. You want to know how did this happen? You know, <laughs> What, 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 what did you have to do? What deal did you have to make with the Lord or otherwise for this to happen? 
And so I guess the next question would be, how did you know, and I know this is gonna sound cliche and we don't like using this terminology, but for lack of better phrasing, how did you know your husband was the one? How did you know that that was the choice that you know, was the right choice and that you felt that that was the one that God had for you? Oh girls, I've got an answer. <laughs> So a lot of people make lists, and you know what, I did do that, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or if this is really appropriate, but on my list I asked the Lord if he could make my husband look like Mario Lopez. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. God is good. <laughs> He's an on-time God. Besides that, so shh, this isn't recording. Um, that was before marriage before all of that I made my list yeah. out and that was one of the things I wanted I'm tall dark and handsome and God showed up and showed out so I am blessed but um God did he did let me know that my husband was the one we actually met at youth congress so don't be afraid to get out and adventure and and go meet people that have the same like faith as you um and we actually met at youth congress and you know, at first I met him, and he was such a charm. You know, I have the mic, so I can, don't ask him afterwards, his, in his side of the story. Just listen to what I have to say. But um, he was such a charmer, and when I met him, you know, I was like, this guy, I am just, he is not ready. This is just, you know, this is not, you know, what the Lord has for me. No way. And um, so we, we, it, we didn't hit it off right, right at first. It wasn't, you know, instant. And... We did end up meeting again, and I'll never forget. And um, we were going out to eat, and we were, Youth Congress was over, and I was just going out with a bunch of friends. You know, we weren't, we weren't dating or anything like that. And I'll never forget, he was walking in front of me, and I was behind, and um, I saw him for a moment, and it was like time just kind of froze. Not, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, crazy stuff here, but. <laughs> I did have a moment, and it was like I saw him, and he was shaking an elder gentleman's hand, and at that very moment, it was like I, w I just stood there, and I was just watching what was going on, and they began to conversate a little bit, and um, it was like God spoke to me right then, and, and I don't, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was in my spirit, and instantly, I was watching him, and, it was, and I saw something so different, something that I hadn't seen before. Um, just on a day-to-day -day basis or when he was around his friends or when he was the cool guy. It was something so different. And God spoke to me instantly and said, not for who he is now, but for who I'm going to make him to become. This is who I have for you. And God's never done that before. So this isn't, you know, I'm not saying that God always comes down and, and I see angels and God speaks to me and wakes me up in the middle of the night in an audible voice. You know, no, but he directly spoke to me. And if you, if you understand, if you can get the realization that you don't have to make a list. Matter of fact, you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is fall in love with Jesus. That's all you have to do. And he, he will speak to you. He's, he's going to speak to you differently than he spoke to me. Please, believe it or not, I have people came up to me after I told them this and said, I met this man at the bar. And God told me he was the one and he's going to change. Please don't take that literal but I'm not kidding you really happened but believe that he knows what's better for you really than you know he knew so much if it was left up to me to decide I don't want I don't want to know where I would be and I'm so thankful for those doors that shut I'm so thankful for those relationships that I said that God said no -uh, not for her I've got more for her this isn't for my child yeah, yeah. 
and I am so thankful for those moments. But if you can grasp that, you don't have to make a list. You don't have to sit and worry, what's going to happen? Who does God have for me? God will show you. He will speak to you. Get that relationship with him. Pray and listen, and he will answer you. The Bible says in his word, if you believe when you pray, I will hear you. He will hear you and he will answer you. Be sensitive to him. Dig deeper into a relationship with him and let him guide you. Just hold his hand. Just hold his hand and walk. He'll take you there. And kind of, kind of staying in that vein, you know, young ladies and young men, you know, both have questions. What, what should they be looking for? And, you know, a young man, what should he be looking for in a young lady? A young lady, what should he be looking for in a young man? I think that's something that that, that young adults struggle with is, you know, what exactly am I looking for? Uh, I know you kind of touched on, like, we shouldn't be worrying. But but I know, like you said right now, you know, you saw, you know, your your husband talking to the elder and that kind of just spoke to you. What, what, what trait should we be looking for? For me, I, th- I think you can always see it in our worship, something about pure worship. Um, when I met my husband, I was at a time in my life where I had been broken. I had been through the fire. I had been through bad relationships. And I became so dependent on God that I lost myself. And it was just, it, it, was, a, it was a time in my life where it was, it was very beautiful because I was so, so dependent on him for everything because I had been to a place where I, I finally figured out I can't do it on my own. You've got to take me there. You've got to show me. And not my will, but yours. And so, I, you know, we were at Youth Congress, and my husband saw me on the, on the big screen at Youth Congress, but I was praying on my hands and knees, not out in the halls, not out. And I, I, was, I was to that point where I was desperate. And it's you, God, and you're going to take me there. And, and I believe there is something in a worshiper. Don't ever be afraid to worship. Yes. Don't ever yes. be afraid to worship or to pray. I was never, ever, I I had been broken so many times, and I would be desperate. Man, being so desperate. God, you've got to move. God, you've got to do something in my life. You've got to fix this situation, and I would be up in the altars, and I didn't care who was looking or or what kind of faces, but I, I had to get what I needed, and there's something so beautiful in that. So if I would say any quality to me to look for is a worshiper, someone so in love with Jesus, that's who you're going to want. But in the end, leave it up to him. Leave it up to him because you can, you can go through the list and you can pick quality after quality. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. He's got to be this. She's got to be this. If she doesn't meet the, meet the bill, I'm, I'm not going to. Leave it up to God. Leave it up to God. He will make the right decision for you. Yes, yes. Amen, amen. Um, just kind of shifting here. What, what spiritual struggles, what things did you deal with, you know, as a young adult that you're, you're comfortable sharing with us? That, that you went through, what things did you deal with, did you battle with, and, and how did you overcome them? I went through the same things that you guys go through, the same things. Um, I was, let's see, I was the oldest of four sisters, and one of the very last to get married. I know, it's just, I mean, what are we going to do if, if we just get married a few years after 18, girls? We're just going to... They're just going to put us in our graves, apparently. <laughs> so I was the one who got the pity hugs at the weddings. I was the one, oh, sweetie, <laughs> come here. You know, I was that girl. 
you know, here I am, and my, my younger sister's married at 18, my twin sister's married at 18, they've moved away, they've, they're having babies, and guess what, I'm, you know, I'm, at first I'm living in an apartment, oh, a little bit of independence, I'm feeling good, I get in a car wreck, I'm moving back in with my mother, life is good, mother's house, when you're in your 20s, you know, life is good, so, so I was in that state where, that, that space in life where I'm waiting, what's next, what's going to happen, Lord, what do you, you know, and, and it's at that time in your life where you begin to see around you your, your friends. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't had a best friend since I was the age of 13. And you begin to watch them. And you see loneliness come in to seek and destroy. I, I cannot stand that weapon that the devil puts against us, especially women, I feel like. Um, loneliness and, and that fear of the unknown and what's going to happen to me. And, and, you know, when is my future going to arrive, you know? When is it all going to take place? And there's nobody here for me. So I was in that place, and I was by myself. And I'll never forget, I had a best friend, and she was, she was five years older than me. And I watched her, and I just watched loneliness come in and just eat her up bit by bit. And I watched as those little decisions she would make um, every day. Oh, I'm going to go here. You want to come? You want to come to the? No, I don't, want, I don't really want to go there. Well. I'm going to start going here. There's nothing wrong with that place. There's nothing. Well, then she met friends there. Guess what? She met a bunch of friends there. Well, now she's got all these other friends to hang out with that do even more stuff that she wasn't doing before. So I watched her quickly detour from the path because of fear. Fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of loneliness. And I watched her go and get lost. And I watched her lose and I watched her hurt and I watched her marry to a man she had no business being married to later watched her get divorced I mean the list goes on and on so if you think that this moment that you're sitting in his pews at this very second isn't important guess again yeah rethink that yeah every decision every decision that you make is so vital to where you end up and I watched as the world came and just swept her away just swept her away and I remember waking up one Sunday morning and, could, I mean, I'm telling you, I was just like, man, I'm in this small town of Augusta, Georgia. I mean, you think you have it bad? I'm in a, from a little bitty town with one interstate <laughs> and a couple red lights. <laughs> Go to my church. You know, I would already quit singing in the choir. I already started backing out of things because I was just, you know, I was at that place where what am I going to do now? Am I just going to go satisfy these doubts and fears and just go have fun and go out with some friends and... You know, is that what I'm going to do? And I rem I'll never forget this moment. And do never underestimate faithfulness to the house of God yeah, yeah. as the biggest weapon to help you get through whatever situation yeah. you're going yeah. through. Yeah. Faithfulness to the house of God. Yeah. And it was a regular, just a regular Sunday morning. I am sitting close to the back by myself. My sisters are off married. And here I am. And I'll never forget, my pastor just got up and he started teaching just a regular Sunday sermon. And I looked up on the screen and I saw Jeremiah 29, 11. And it was like as if God himself came down and whispered in my ear. When nobody else came and knew my situation, when nobody else came and spoke life to me, when nobody else said, I'm going to pull you out and we're going to do this together, we're going to fight, God did. Yeah. And it was like he reached down to me and said, for I know the plans I have for you to lead them. Trust me, I know the plans I have for you. 
plans to prosper you and give you hope. And then he said, future. Future. He had a future for me. And at that very moment, God filled me with such a confidence in him. It wasn't in myself, but it, but it was in him. Every void, everything that I needed or everything I thought I needed didn't matter anymore because he filled it. Yeah, yeah. He filled that void. Yeah. And so when I walk into a place, oh, yeah, I'm older. Yeah, I'm not married. Yeah, my life isn't. Yeah, I don't have this amazing career. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to. You know what? But God does. Yeah. So I'm going to smile and I'm going to hold my head up and I'm going to know he's yeah. got me. I don't have to worry. Yeah. I don't have to fear. Yeah. He has me yeah. and he has you too. And he knows the plans that he has for you. Amen. Let's just receive that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you know the plans. You know the plans, Jesus. You know, we... We live in a godless society. You know, hardly anybody prays anymore. Hardly anyone seeks the face of God anymore. And, you know, I, I shared that antidote with you all, how I used to walk, walk into my house. And after walking, walking out of a godless school and godless campus, I, I would walk home and, and I would open the door and hear travail and hear prayer from Talitha. So can you, can you talk to us a little bit about the gravity and the importance of prayer? and having a prayer life? Prayer changed my life. Prayer saved me. It was my direct communication with the King of Kings and the Waymaker. That's how I made it. I, w I would come, when I needed something, I'd come in contact with the one who could do something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I needed something, I could reach up and I could touch the hem of his garment and yeah. instantly be healed. Yeah. I remember a moment sitting in my car, I'll never forget, at a Barnes and Noble, sitting in my, I had an SUV, Forerunner at the time, and I was sitting in there and I had just been battling something. I was just going through a trial, going through struggles. And I remember, I remember sitting there and I couldn't get up and I couldn't go in. And, and I sat in my car and I just started praying desperately and just started crying. It just, it just kept getting more intense. And I said, God, you have to make a way. You have to heal me. You have to take this away. I can't make it unless you do. I'm not going anywhere unless you do. And I remember this was probably one of the few times in my life where instantly I was healed. That very moment in Augusta, Georgia, in an SUV, when I called on his name, God came down and healed me. And I got out, and I, wa I remember walking through that, that Barnes & Noble with my Starbucks in my hand, and I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I felt the weight came off. Prayer is the way that you get what you need. It is. And when you pray, you have a covering. When you walk around your schools, when you walk around your job, you have that covering over you that's a, that kind of sifts through things. Yeah. Mm, and you start hearing God speak to you. Like, I, don't, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good for you. You kind of start sensing things and feeling things. God will just speak to you in the middle of a grocery store or speak to you in your, in your forerunner or speak to you wherever you go about a friend. Yeah. You know, that's just how he works. So don't ever underestimate the value of the weapon of prayer. That's how we fight our battles. Yeah. That's how you get victory. The way maker. Yeah. He changes everything. Amen. He changes everything. Amen. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that prayer today. Um, this is the last question. And, and we're ending here. Musicians, you, you could come. If you could say this, you know, this is heralded now. We ask this on every hyphen conversations, but 
this is kind of heralded as the, the deathbed question, so to speak. Um, if there's one thing that you could say to apostolic young adults, what would you say to them? If there is one thing you could say to us. I would say there's a reason that I am so very passionate, not only passionate, but my heart is in hyphen because it was that moment in my life that set the course for my future that I have now. I know that 100%, 100%. When I was a hyphen, when I was that, that age and that stage, it set the course. And I like to think of this stage of, of my life as the crossroads. And I spoke about it before at an O conference, don't ever underestimate the cost at the crossroads. Um, you do have a decision to make. Mommy and daddy aren't gonna make it for you anymore. You're grown now. You don't have somebody following you around, checking up on you. You're able to do things that you want to do without permission. You're able to do what you want to do, basically. So every decision you make is so important to where you end up. It's so important. Um, it's almost like a, like a birthright. And I like to think of Esau and how Esau was in the fields and he was laboring under the hot sun. And he got so tired. That's where some of you are at right now. That's where I was. I was worn out. I'm exhausted. I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to wait anymore. I want to see it now. I want to see it now. And I remember, and, and I think about Esau and how he was in there. And just because he was so tired and he was so hot and he was so worn out and exhausted that he gave up his birthright for just a bowl of soup, for just a moment of satisfaction for just a moment of pleasure. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, just a moment, just to make me feel better. I don't wanna be bored. What am I gonna do, stay home another Friday night? What am I, just a moment. It was just a moment for one, one moment, one moment of satisfaction. Birthright equals position or inheritance. Position or inheritance. There is no way that I can describe how valuable of an inheritance that you have coming. There are no words. Brother Gore was preaching last night, and we, man, we were, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, this is blowing my mind. There are no words to describe the baby, the birthright, the inheritance coming, what God has for you. You do have to fight for your future. You do. And, and I know that you look at me and you say, wow, she has it all together. This, I mean, I, She's fifth-generation Pentecost. You know, this, this lady, you know, it was easy for her. But it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, matter who you are. At the age of 10 years old, my apostolic United Pentecostal preacher of a dad who assistant pastored in, in Texas walked out on me and my sisters and my mom, had affairs after affairs after affairs, became a drug addict, an alcoholic, gambled all of the money away. We had to go move in with my grandmother to Augusta, Georgia. That's where I, why I lived there. Left everything that he had, the beautiful life that God had given him, and abandoned us at the age of 10 years old. And I think back, and I remember as a little girl, and I would be sitting on the couch, looking out the window, and, and I would, to my mom would say, Tito, what are you doing? And I said, Mom, I'm waiting on Dad. Daddy's going to show up. I'm waiting on that knock on the door. I'm waiting on that knock. Daddy told me he was going to take me to Six Flags. Daddy told me he was going to buy me a birthday dress today. Daddy told me he was going to pick me up and take me to McDonald's. 
never showed up. He never showed up. But there was another knock on my heart. There was another knock that I heard. It was the Lord, and he's, he replaced every void that I had. Everything that I was missing, he filled for me. But not only that, he let me know that he had me in the palm of his hands, and he said, Talitha, I've got an inheritance for you. I've got an inheritance for you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. I have an inheritance for you. I don't care this morning who your mother is, who your father is, what you've gone through, relationships, I don't care. Because there is inheritance that you cannot even dream of coming. There is an inheritance waiting on you if you can make it. If you can make the right decisions, don't sell your birthright. Don't sell it. Keep waiting, keep trusting. I'm gonna ask my husband and my girls if they would just come up for just a moment. He's gonna be so mad at me, but he does this to me all the time, so I'm gonna use them right now. Come on, baby. Let me show you how good God is. At the age of 10 years old, I was abandoned and became fatherless and was raised by a single mom who believed in the power of prayer. But this is how faithful God is. Because at the crossroads, because of that stage in my life, when I could have gone either way, when I could have easily become a drug addict, easily become an alcoholic like my father, I stayed the course. I stayed the course. And I said, uh-uh. If I can see Jeremiah 29, 11. He had a plan. He had a plan. And I waited and I trusted. And God gave me a husband that is godly and that leads his family in the truth. And that raises our girls that are going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Guess what? They're going to live for God. Guess what? They're going to marry men that live for God. Guess what? I'm going to have grandbabies that are going to be serving the Lord because of his faithfulness. Because of his faithfulness. He's a way maker. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. worth it all. I know you have questions.
don't know. I know you have questions and, and it keeps you up at night and you want answers, but know this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you hope and give you a future. It's worth it. Trust him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. No matter what you've been through. Don't sell your inheritance. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. For more encouraging messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out past episodes. If you like what you just heard, please consider rating and sharing it with friends. God bless, and don't forget to be a hyphen.